resilience that's a word that's used in eu gdpr article 32 as part of security of processing and it talks about confidentiality integrity availability and resilience in processing of personal data now what does this resilience mean is it only about technological or security resist resilience in terms of systems and processes or is it also about governance now that's an important topic while we discuss that there's another important topic about esg that is environment social and governance of course i call it environment sustainability and governance so esg and we are going to talk about these two topics resilience and esg with none other than mark thielmans mark thielmans is a professional with more than 30 years of experience and he's the founder of a company called real cgr let's go and talk to him hello and welcome to the fit for privacy podcast with punit bhatia this is the podcast for those who care about their privacy here your host punit bhatia has conversations with industry leaders about their perspectives ideas and opinions relating to privacy data protection and related matters be aware that the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are not legal advice. Let us get started. Here we are with Mark Tillmans. Welcome, Mark, to Fit for Privacy podcast. Well, hello, Pinit, and uh, thank you very much to ha for having me on your podcast. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Nice to have you. And let me start with a simple question. You are in the GDPR or privacy space. And when you think of the GDPR, what one word comes to your mind? That's icebreak. Well, GDPR, for me, honestly, it's not uh, about the technical aspect. It's about always remember it's, uh, it's about a fundamental right. Okay, the right for privacy for uh, the humans, which we call the data subjects in the GDPR. Let's not forget that. And then comes the, uh, the technical part we all aim to do uh, as, as good as possible and so compliant as possible. Yeah, that's come to my, that is what comes to my mind. Yeah. That's very right. It's a fundamental right. And one of the words that they use in uh, GDPR is resilience, you know? It's a new word, it's a different word because we are used to many other words, rights, breaches, and privacy and protection and so on. And then there was this technical and organizational measures, which we all understand, but the word is resilience. Yeah. And I wanted to have your opinion on what is this word resilience meaning and how can organizations build resilience into their privacy program or privacy setup, if I may call it like that. Oh yeah, okay. We need to my opinion, to my uh, very honest opinion, the word resilience is uh, will be one of the, the most important governance words. It is already now in a sense, but it will become more and more visible in, in the future because resilience, uh, there's a lot in there. Um, it, it's about the fact that an organization uh, have a solidity and a preparedness, a readiness to change be them slow or be them very uh, sudden interruption like we handle in business continuity management for example so um, this said uh, resilient companies are stronger companies they make the difference uh, and that is seen by by many stakeholders like governments like uh, investors 
etc. So it's very important. It's about uh, when you see it re macroeconomic, it's about protecting the economy and the, and, and the essential players in an economy. So it's very important. But when we come to the, um, I will now just focus on, on an aspect as coming back to your question about um, uh, the, the, the prote data protection and the privacy part in that. Well, they are really interconnected resilience and, and data protection because of what, if you look, for example, if you just look to the, the GDPR or even other uh, world standards like CCPA, um, in fact, uh, you see that if you cause an availability of data or loss or of, of personal data, you can have situations of data breach or compliance breach. And I don't invent that. It's written in several articles like Article 32 of, of, uh, of the GDPR. Um, it says that when we think of data breach, we must think further than the, the cyber attacks and the technical things that can happen with your data. It also includes loss of data and unavailability of data that comes from another type of risks, namely the physical risks that can happen to your company. And that includes everything, be it something of a natural disaster, something with a fire, something with a power outage, telecom outage, whatever. Um, it causes this data protection situation and in fact you you cause harm to the to the people to the to the data subjects and this in fact says that you should keep it you should take it in full consideration in your governance programs both in resilience business continuity and also in data protection and this is the the, the right way to do uh, in fact you, you if you we talk about business processes both are important attributes. What is the data protection and what is the resilience? Uh, and and you, you build the risk management and the risk response into your business process. That's a, a good way to go. That's very well said because since this word resilience comes in the article 32 on security of processing and it comes right after confidentiality, integrity, availability and resilience of processing systems and services and the ability to restore your uh, the availability and access to personal data most people tend to think of it as a technical aspects technical means however the technical means need to be complemented with or rather enabled by your governance your uh, risk management your compliance management say a breach management all those processes and that's where the resilience comes in. So the resilience is not in technical system. It's also in the organization aspect. Yeah. So very well said. I, I absolutely agree on that. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, so in practice, the practical aspect of that, if you have a disruption, which is a, uh, handled by people most of the time in resilience or business continuity management, uh, like if you have a, an outage or some, a natural event, whatever, the easiest thing to do is in, in your damage assessment, just assess if there is a data protection, uh, you know, uh, consequence. So, and, and that is the link between the two management domains uh, because the, the people will handle the, the 
the, the business continuity aspect, disaster recovery, and the data protection officer can deal with with the data breach if there is any, and that is why right here today. Yeah, yeah. Just adding. And, well, that's resilience. There's another trend which we see in organizations talking about ESG, the environment and sustainability and governance. Now, of course, for most people, these are two very separate topics: privacy and ESG. But some of us, and especially when I was talking to you uh, a few days back, yeah. you see a bit of a correlation or intersection. Can you help me and our, also our listeners on how do you see this intersection of privacy and ESG and why is it important for organizations? Yeah, yeah. My honest opinion here too is that the, the two subjects are, are fully embedded with, with each other. And it's maybe more than my own opinion because if we look at at the law texts that are on the table, uh, you, you see it there, it's written there to my opinion, but let's have a look at it. Um, ESG, we all know it's environmental, social and governance, okay? Uh, what's in it, it's about, in fact, the, the fact that it's a company or an organization uh, is more than a, a financial given. So it's, uh, it's not only about uh, the shareholder anymore, it's about a stakeholder. Uh, so this said, um, it's, it's more than, than financial. It operates, it has environmental, social aspect and, and government governance aspect to its stakeholders. So and in that, the privacy is really an essential part. It's looked at. Why? Because it creates trust and reputation. Uh, there is nothing so important as reputation of, of an organization, okay, because it can harm the financial aspect. And one of the very, very visible things is that if a company is, um, in fact, has a problem or not handling well a data breach, that goes around very, very quickly. And that can give a, a reputational problems. And this is seen by investors at the time of uh, investing in, in, a, in a company, for example, of time of auditing a company. So they are intersected uh, with each other. Uh, mm -hmm. High level, th that's what I think. When we look into the, the subjects, uh, okay, ESG, we all know there, there will be a very severe or I, I should say consecutive, consecutive uh, reporting on, on all that. But it also uh, entails some risk, like environmental risk, risk in the social area, ethical area, and, and gov governance risk. If you look into that, some uh, risks can create the disruption. And there you have the link. Because if you have a disruption, you have to handle this disruption. You have your crisis management, etc. Well, if you if you don't if you don't handle ESG proof, if I can say it like that, that also will surface. I take an example. If you just a yeah. simple example, if you if your company has a fire on on one of its plants and it pollutes the the environment uh, enormously with and it's not handling that aspect well, not handling the people aspect well, the people safety and so on, that in in the past times maybe that that was uh, you know just wiped under the carpet and no one talks about it but that will not uh, remain that will be seen discussed audited etc so uh, it, in fact esg is about all this and uh, the same counts for data protection if you have a, a huge disruption causing a huge data breach 
you must handle that because uh, it's intersect with social aspects very much the government uh, governance aspect very much that's my opinion so there is no esg without talking about resilience without talking about data protection of course there is much more like the carbon thing etc mm -hmm. but those two subjects are certainly a, a driver a lever on esg okay so that's interesting. I usually call ESG as environments rather than social as sustainability and governance. But I do know that ESG is also environment, social and uh, your, uh, what do you say, governance aspects. Yeah. But uh, do you see or do you expect some regulation in that context upcoming in few years? Well, um, if, I, if I may just hook on the, the, your last remark, uh, the ESG, when you, when you look, it's not, it's just for, for the sake of, of the audience and uh, to tell that it's not new, new, new. It exists. If, yeah. if you look at the first roots of that, you can even go back to the, the years of the 70s, 80s. And then it became came the aspect of social responsibility, non-regulated most of the times. But everyone knows a, a company showing a, a good social responsibility and being ethical, etc. It creates a good image. So, but now the ESG uh, is—I won't say certainly—it's more or less the same. No, it's more severe. But let's call it—it's a more like a more precise assessment of the uh, social responsibility. And in that, it's—it's uh, uh, it's a bit uh, the same reason that, that we say. If we talk GDPR, we, we only talk about cyber attacks. No, uh, in fact, the ESG is much more than the environmental thing. Of course, the environmental thing is very important. But social, ethical and governance are really uh, as, as important as the, as the environmental. And the, the governance aspect, that's what stakeholders like investors and governments will, will check on. So it's uh, just, uh, just, just that. And, and I jump to the second part of, of your, your question. Do I think it will it continue to go? Yes, I, I think it, it has uh, certainly started, but I really think we have now like a wave uh, coming. So we, we all know there was the, the GDPR, like a wave that was all already a big wave to the companies to be compliant, etc. But the, what's coming on the ESG is uh, a tenfold of that. Let's let's be honest. It's uh, it's a lot more, and it will go also to a lot more companies uh, compliance wise eh? because uh, it, it will touch uh, mid as from the medium enterprise levels as from uh, twenty twenty five. We all know that uh, uh, instances like the European Union etc. has uh, has developed. Plans like, uh, you know, the objective 2030-2050, where they want to reach uh, zero carbon, etc. Very huge, huge, huge decisions, I admit that. They want to create, in fact, another type of, of economy. Okay? Yeah. Something that, an economy that, that, that is really ESG-proof and care, taking care of the environment, etc. That's a huge, huge um, decision when, when you see... Uh, yeah, still what, what needs to be done and what is um, happening in some parts of the world. Uh, there is much work to do. But this said, 
uh, this wave is coming and uh, I think it, it will not come, it will not stop. Uh, be, uh, companies will, will have to, um, to be compliant with that or at least start to report on that and start to adjust on that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that that is, uh, that I, I think honestly, Penny, that that's here to to stay, uh, because if you see the the drivers of that, the, the I'm just uh, having a look here, increasing importance of ESG. It's about uh, it's about global, even privacy regulation. It's about global economy, how how we stand in global economy, etc. So it's not just a, a play. Uh, something very serious here to say yeah. so, so uh, yeah that in consideration into the company's governance okay and uh, in this world wherein we were talking few years ago privacy then uh, of course esg is not new and we've been talking about it but it's getting more prominence because of the eu targets and sustainability targets and then the world is also getting more digital, more AI, more chat GPT and everything. Mm -hmm. So how do you see organizations making privacy more efficient or effective? Because you cannot just say here is privacy and then I'm going to add ESG, then I'm going to add uh, AI, then I'm going to add this because it's not layers. It's all inter integrated. It's all interwoven. It's all uh, fabric of the organization, if I may call it, because if you are in for the societal reason and not for the pure commercial reason, which is the mostly the case in Europe, you would need to balance out the two dimensions. That is the society dimension and the commercial. Of course, if you're a profit organization, you focus on profit, but you need the societal aspect. And in the society comes, as you rightly said, ESG. In the society comes responsible AI. In the society comes respecting human rights. In the society comes taking care of the citizen. So how do you see, how do you make it all efficient in your view? Well, finally, it's governance people that, that will have to, to make and implement uh, this efficiency into organization. That it's the top management that uh, will be taking the commitment. Uh, and if it's more than a commitment, it's, it's really a liability. Uh, to to have things done the right way um, so my my opinion in that is to to not to avoid making it you know something theoretical but really embed the the, the principles into the company processes into the company culture even so uh, if uh, I'm explaining. Uh, we can have a theoretical exercise on uh, on GDPR and, and you know making a processing register, doing the right risk analytics, and uh, and putting technical organization measures. Okay, that that's one thing, but really embedding it into the company, into its processes, into the people's uh, culture, that is my opinion will be a driver to efficiency. Uh, there are other drivers uh, like uh, trying to keep things relatively simple okay because you you can you can perform analysis uh, until uh, eternity uh, but finally you, you have to show some some compliance so be i would say integrated and have a level of 
acceptable complexity, not not pushing the complexity of the governance too far, but uh, something that allows having an helicopter view of are we doing the things uh, well and right and, and, and have, are we doing it well, etc. Sure. And now these topics apart, uh, I would also like to understand and also share with our uh, listeners and audience, where does real CGR your company fit into all this? Because uh, you say you are a regulatory technology. So where do you fit in? What do you do? What's your vision? And how are you helping different organizations? CGR stands for Compliance, Governance and Risk Management. That that is what we do. Um, And uh, we have some technology on board. That technology, and, and I'm talking now for not only for my company, but for, for a whole sector of, of RegTex. Um, it's aimed to make things more efficient. Okay, if you, you look at some topics like, uh, let, let's have a look, things that, that you can, like monitoring, reporting, preparing a foreign audit, performing risk assessments, in, G, in the GDPR, like a data protection impact assessment, you want to do a privacy impact assessment. Uh, you want to monitor technical organizational measures and so on. Uh, these are things that with the reg tech are made much more efficient than in the manual mode. And there is some acceptance uh, already on, on, on some, some items. Like if you say, if we talk about a encryption, monitoring, automated auditing, uh, or if you you would say pushing or measures uh, towards users like uh, you know uh, autom- automated password renewals things like that are simply not possible without technology and uh, the governance part will also move in that way because um, if, given the fact that re- resilience data protection and and the coming ESG will be massively uh, you know come with mass- massive uh, reporting uh, obligations you see that uh, it comes also with fines audits and so on um, it will be in my opinion it is in my opinion uh, something difficult if you want to do it fully manually uh, i mean all respect for it for users of excel sheets and etc it's uh, uh, they can be and they will be correct. That's not a problem. But the efficiency aspect, like uh, if you need direct reporting, is if you change uh, something, an information that that is interconnected with many other things, like you change a measure, and uh, but this measure is linked to several uh, processings, you must know the impact of that. So if you do it manually, it takes more time. Than, uh, than having the technology. But uh, most important is, uh, is, is in fact the value of it at the time of a breach. That can be a resilience breach, suppose that something happens in the company of any kind, a technical, uh, high-end technical uh, thing or a physical thing, or you have a data breach. And so the, the time that you take before starting a proper reaction this time is shortened uh, when you use technology because uh, some of the assessments and so come automatically or 
quite quicker than if you must start inquiring what's happening. So you get results of a damage assessment, for example, first, and you can know, okay, uh, I'm harmed in this and these business uh, processes. You will know, okay, in these processes, I handle critical or I handle personal data, I handle critical information, and, the, and you start alternatives mode in the DRP. Uh, in business continuity, I mean, you start your disaster recovery and you start your data breach handling. And this is, we all know in GDPR, you have uh, you have 72 hours before uh, uh, making uh, something known to the authorities, for example. That's just, just an example. Well, 72 hours is not, a, not too long, in fact. So uh, the more time you, you gain, the better. So it's an efficiency uh, thing, to my opinion. Sure. Uh, and if I may ask you a question around this, who is your primary stakeholder when it comes to real CGR? Is it compliance? Is it ESG? Is it who, who is a DPO maybe? Um, it depends on, on, on the precise uh, what the subject is we talk to clients okay. but most of the time uh, we need it it are chief risk officers uh, but we have some exceptions we have even internal audit people uh, that that wanted to to yeah <laughs> build in better governance in in the company and some the stakeholders can differ but most of the time if i can say technically it will be people like we call in the second line of defense people building the governance and uh, people that can be audited, uh, people that have to report to boards. This is more or less the level. And in that you find risk officers, you find business continuity managers. Um, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. I was also expecting second line of defense risk or compliance teams. Okay. That's where it usually starts this kind of conversation. Yeah, to my opinion too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I think it was, in my opinion, wonderful to have you. A very good conversation and very happy to learn also about real CGR in a bit more depth and know you more. Well, that's uh, the pleasure is mine. And uh, again, uh, thank you that I can be on your podcast. Uh, and of course, your audience know uh, they can get in contact uh, with us, with me, uh, with you, of course, if there are um, next questions or uh, more yeah. information is needed. So uh, and yeah. as a final conclusion, uh, we say, yes, we, we are uh, a compliance governance and risk company, but we really draw attention on the ESG part. We are very aware of that. And uh, that's my final message. Yeah. Sure. And how can people get in touch with you? Uh, uh, that's uh, the most easy way. It's uh, not difficult to remember. It's just go to the website recgr.com and there you will uh, have uh, possibilities to get in contact. But it's just info at recgr.com and that comes uh, in our mailbox and, uh, and we answer that. And there is also the LinkedIn, of course. Just find my profile on LinkedIn, send me a message. That's, uh, that's uh, very easy. Sure. Yeah. So thank you so much, Mark. It was wonderful to have you and have a wonderful day ahead. Thank you very much, Pinit. The pleasure was mine. Thanks for listening. If you liked the show, feel free to share it with a friend and write a review. 
If you have already done so, thank you so much. And if you did not like the show, don't bother and forget about it. Take care and stay safe. Fit for Privacy helps you to create a culture of privacy and manage risks by creating, defining, and implementing a privacy strategy that includes delivering scenario-based training for your staff. We also help those who are looking to get certified in CIPPE, CIPM, and CIPT through on-demand courses that help you prepare and practice for certification exam. Want to know more? Visit www.fitforprivacy.com. That's www.fit, the number four, privacy.com. If you have questions or suggestions, drop an email at hello at fitforprivacy.com. Until next time, goodbye.